Hi there, I'm Carmel Jane and welcome to the Carmel Jane Talks Business podcast. This podcast unearths real stories from female entrepreneurs about their journey to success. Get inspired and discover top tips, advice and real life experience on how to, on how to start a business, grow a business and create something you're truly proud of. Today's show is a little bit different. To celebrate International Women's Day, and the theme this year is Balance for Better, we have three wonderful women in doing a panel discussion on what it is to be a woman in business today. Um, we're talking about how we can work towards better gender balance of all areas of our life, looking at work, government, sport and media. We also have Louise McKinley, who is leader of the Brentwood Council and a woman who's had a fantastic political career already, and I think she's only just starting out. If you have any business questions you would like answered, email in on carmel at carmeljane.co.uk or post on our Facebook, Carmel Jane Talks Business. We'd love to hear from you. Get ready to dream bigger, believe bigger, and make a difference. So it's Carmel Jane here with Carmel Jane Talks Business and we have a very special show today um, because I've got three women in to celebrate International Women's Day which is this Friday the 8th of March. First up we have Tabitha Pascoe, welcome Tabitha. Hello. Hello, she is a uh, uh, a business coach, life coach, really focusing on women and, and, and celebrating the differences that women have and, and the differences they might need in coaching. We have two women called Kat. I don't know quite how I managed to do this. <laughs> First up, we have Kat Clifton, who is wonderful. I love this woman. I've done a few photo shoots with her. She's all about sport. She runs a girls' football academy. She's got ladies' teams involved. Welcome, Kat. Looking terribly sporty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, I'll try. Yeah, she's amazing. And then with the other Kat, is Kat Tierney, sorry, just had to think there, um, who is a PR expert. She's a local councillor for uh, Herringate. Um, and, and also has, has worked in the city and, and, and is developing some products as well. So really, really fantastic woman that we've got in. Um, welcome, everybody. So I think people should say, what do we need International Women's Day for? And there's loads and loads of stats out there that we do need more women. Um, we, need, we do need a Women's uh, Day. Um, in actual fact, um, if we look at it, uh, there's only 30% of our MPs in Parliament are women. And actually in the Cabinet, only nine out of the 29 people make up the meetings are women. In business, um, there's a pay gap of about 10%, but in the city, it's 33%. And in finance, it goes up to 55%. So it's all about celebrating women and making and helping them help the, to lower that difference because actually the theme is balance for better. And so we need more, more representation in sport and the media and politics and employment. Um, so we're going to start with Kat because she is all about getting more women in sport. You must love what's going on with the football at the moment, Kat. Yeah, I love it. It's brilliant. It's World Cup this year in June. Um, I don't know if anybody watched England like oh, they just won, last didn't night. they? Yeah, we yeah. just won the She Believes Cup um, and we drew against the FIFA ranked number one USA in the world. 2-2 um, a couple of nights ago, so it's looking really positive for June. Brilliant, because actually the stats are, um, these are from 2014, so I, I guess they're going to have changed a little bit, but not by much. Women's sport makes 7% of sports media coverage, just over 10% of televised sport, 2% of national newspaper, but things are changing, especially in women's football. I know net, the netball's been, um, I watch netball quite often, tennis obviously, you know, I always listen to this now, I love my tennis, but, but it must be exciting, there's premiership football now, isn't there? Yeah, it's crazy. Like um, the equivalent to the men's Premier League for women is called the Women's Super League. 
Um, we're also got great sponsors this year. I mean, I don't know if you've heard the UEFA campaign, We Play Strong is sponsored now by Visa, the bank. Um, so we're, we're definitely getting there. We're making progress and sponsors are definitely the way forward to make the, the league more professional. So women can now do that as a full-time job. Because you're and doing your bit by training up the youngsters, aren't you? I'm trying, I'm trying, but my job is made a lot easier when the Lionesses go and win cups like last night, because like you said about the media, it just encourages the media to talk about women's football. And like young girls, they're, they're, they look at the media, they look at the TV, they're, they're watching what their parents watching. And even if uh, Lionesses squad comes on the news for 20 seconds, they might not have ever seen that before. I mean, so, I, I'm from New Zealand and it was all about sport. Um, my sister played netball for New Zealand and that was really good for her career. And when I came here 23 years ago, I don't, like women didn't, it wasn't a thing at all. And very few young girls played sport. And I do love it now. Have The other cat and Tabitha, have you got girls? Do they play sport? I've got a girl, girl, but she doesn't play sport. And you've got your little boy who's a little bit young yet. Um, but I do love it seeing these girls. And I went and photographed cats, kids, these good girls. They're like 10 years old and they've got all the tricks and everything. They're just <laughs> wonderful. And it's just for me, especially coming from a really sporting background, it's just I love seeing how, how important it is you know, for girls to get out there and, and to play the sport. And again, if it's on the media, they're going to see it, aren't they? And they're going to have something to aspire to. Um, so moving on to you, Kat. What do you reckon the biggest challenge women in business face today? For me personally, I think it's always been work-life balance, um, especially moving out of the corporate role and moving into to running my own business and then going on to have a child. Um, I think for me, it's it's not only balancing everything for myself, but actually making it work for other people, so making it work for clients, making people understand that actually I do work full-time just because I don't work nine Mental to five, five and I don't sit in a car for half an hour either way doesn't mean that I don't not don't not work full time. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges for me personally. Um, and I, I don't know how it's in your household, but I do know that working women, that all the stats say that actually they're still doing something like 70% of the housework, even if they're working full time. Oh, I'm no. sure your husband's lovely. <laughs> Phil, I hope, lovely. You, I hope you're doing the housework, <laughs> Phil. Just remember that. <laughs> Phil does not do the housework. <laughs> Let's get that clear. <laughs> um, no, so it, it, it's juggling everything. So it's, you know, because obviously I have times, I have days where I spend time with Theo during the day, my two year old. Mm. Um, then I, you know, in the evenings, I'm having to work and I've got council duties and I've got um, loads of other things so going on as well. How much of Does Phil babysit Theo? <laughs> He's not allowed to call him babysitting. Good, good. I have very, very <laughs> lovely in-laws who understand a lot. <laughs> and they do the babysitting. How about you, Tabitha? Because you have got a girl, haven't you? Yes, I've yeah. got an eight-year-old daughter. An eight-year-old yeah. daughter. And how do you find balancing up that work-life balance? Um, I, I find it okay. Um, but then I don't buy into belief that I don't buy into such a cultural belief that we have that we have to do we have to do and we have to do everything to get what we want because there is a cultural belief that um in order for us to have what we want we have to do everything ourselves and that's um i think that's where people go wrong is that they think they have to do it all and women aren't particularly good at asking for help and so what i do is i work with women to help them see where they can outsource things like housework get a cleaner like, yeah exactly <laughs> things like child you know all the things and, and actually creating the life that you you really want I've got two boys and I am pretty good they have a week at the dad week at me when I've got them we have breakfast and dinner and even then if I miss one of those I feel really guilty and it's that whole mummy guilt isn't it you just mm. kind of and thinking I I think I'm a really good mum I've got two gorgeous amazing 16 year old kids I've done all right um and but you're still constantly battling with that and 
and as it's that whole mummy girl, and that is a balancing it up. I think that you kind of never get away with, and I think in a way that um, that men probably even there's, I think. Um, Men are so much more involved in bringing up their children these days, but they're still not the ones on a Sunday night going, oh, we've got clean uniforms, and the kids eat enough vegetables this weekend, are they? So I just, and I think it's that guilt, isn't it, constantly as a mum. But yeah, Tabitha's a bit more chilled out. She's a bit more, you know, <laughs> get the balance right, which I think is right. And, and Kat Clifton, you've not got children yet. You just look after about 200 girls who play football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I look after about 500 girls. 500? Wow, country, yeah, okay. And, and I was an offer me. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. and I, I say I, I put a lot of young women who have not yet got kids. I'm like, remember, children are for life; they're not just for Christmas. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can't just give them back when you get bored. You've got you're kind of stuck with them. Um, so yeah, I think that is one of the big challenges. So what the woman in business? So what do you think the biggest challenge that women are facing today? Um, I think it is the belief that in order to have it all, we have to do it all. I think it all comes down to that. So there's, for me, there's three issues. You've got kind of the structural issues. So you're talking about business. So big businesses creating opportunities for women like the flexible working, the childcare, the parental leave, which is all in place. But having a HR background for many years, right. although the legislation's there, it's still not, it is filtering through slowly, mm. but it's, uh, there's still a lot of probably flexible working that isn't, um, doesn't go through. And then you've got the cultural and the unbiased, the, uh, sorry, the unconscious biases. So even now, if I said to any of you now, imagine a CEO, probably you'll be thinking CNN. of a white male who's probably in his 50s mm. because we have those unconscious biases you know even you know if i'm walking down the street and i see a horse in the field i'll say to my daughter oh isn't he he's lovely he you know even even i don't notice it we have these unconscious biases for everything being male do you off air we were talking and i didn't i, I just dropped the f-bomb which is not the word you some of you might be thinking saying feminism which only about 30 percent of women in the country identify as feminist and my two cats what did you say we said we are. Yes, the feminist. We are. And Tamitha, who I think what you've just said is full on exactly what feminism is about. And you said you wouldn't identify as a feminist. No, I don't. <laughs> but what you're just saying is all the unkind, that's all the kind of stuff that yeah, I would talk about by saying yeah. why people need to be feminist. Because I think, we, I, think it's, I, I think the problem is those labels have so many connotations. And when you start labeling, you start being put in a box and then there's, you think of other things. Because I always see, I suppose my impression of a feminist is like this woman kind of running around burning her bra and saying, oh, no, 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 like no, men. No, 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 and, no. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Is that, again, culturally, there's probably a lot of women that don't identify with it because of those negative connotations, which probably aren't true. Kate Clifton, you're a proud feminist, aren't you? I've, I've burned about 10 bras just yeah. this week. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you play lots of sport. That has to be in a metaphorical way, not a literal way. Um, but yeah, going out there and challenging things and that, that kind of idea of brow burning is about saying, we're going to change what's going it's on. It's crazy because yeah, yeah. it happened decades ago. And, and I think we're just I think the pioneers way. Of, yeah, yeah. of women breaking away for us. So I feel it, it's quite frustrating for you to sit there really and say you're doing all this for females, but you don't identify as a feminist. Mm. I think it is, it's It's almost that the media has made it a dirty word um, so that, that it kind of pulls the pulls it back a little bit because I say only 30% of women identifying as feminists when it's all about equality. I'm really, really big on financial equality, economic equality. I run my own business, I have my own money, um, I'm free and I have control of my life. And a lot of uh, women aren't in that situation. They can't escape where they're from because they haven't got economic um, stability. What do you think, Kat Tierney, my other cat? No, I totally agree with you. Um, I think that 
The press have made it into a dirty word, but I also think it hasn't helped with people back going back to the 60s and 70s. People like Jermaine Greer, who mm. you know really sort of pushed the whole concept of the female mm. eunuch, and um, and that was something that I didn't identify with when I was at school and I was doing my A levels. We read the female eunuch, and I really struggled with it as a book. I was just like, there's, there's nothing about this that, that is me. You know, it said wherever referred to wherever there was red lipstick or, or blue jeans, the female eunuch had set her trap. Um, and I think that it's things like that that have paved the way for this idea mm. of sort of bra-burning feminism. Um, but I, I totally agree with equality. And I think um, I saw something on the news the other day about bricklayers. And there was a girl who, um, they've, they've got a national bricklayers competition for uh, females. She's actually being held in Havering. Um, and there was a girl who was interviewed. And she said, my dad has disowned me because I'm a bricklayer. <gasps> Wow, and you'd be so proud that you, I think this is kind of looking back at the sport. Wow. Women need to be physically strong, and actually, this is it. We're kind of being told where well, you don't do the tough jobs, you don't play sport, and when you're physically strong, you're mentally strong, you're emotionally strong, and you can do everything else. But wow, her dad's disowned her. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. We're proud of you if you're listening. Go lay the bricks. Be tough. Be <laughs> you can be whatever you want. Be whatever you want. Um, talking about feminism, I think uh, we're going to leave it there because this is a this could be a five hour discussion. It probably needs a couple of bottles of wine and some gin, I think. Um, but but yeah, I do think it's really interesting how the um, the media have allowed uh, the the word I think to be stolen a little bit. Um, that it's 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 changed it's changed its meaning. Um, but we do need it. But anyway, what would you be most proud of, Kat Clifton, as not a female entrepreneur? Because you, not only do you work with the kids, you actually. Um, uh, You've created a business, haven't you? You've now got 512 yeah. <laughs> venues all over the country, really helping these kids play football. Yeah, I mean, I used to be a P teacher, like around the corner of Brentwood County Higher, and I was a P teacher for four years. I spent four years training to be a P teacher. Um, I'm probably most proud of my decision to leave it because a lot of people think I'm crazy. Why are you leaving teaching? It's such a stable career. Like, I could be a teacher for the next 40 years. And it was such a hard decision because at that time I had nothing to go to. It was literally, I'm going to leave now, or I'm going to be in teaching for the next 40 years. And then I left, and then when I left, a lot of opportunities come up, which wouldn't have appeared if I had carried on teaching. Yeah. So but I was you so must... most proud of, of making that leap. And that was really tough. I suppose because teaching, you'd done all the work and it was pretty safe, and then you were it's doing so something safe. that was so... How many other people have got female football, girls' football academies around the country? Is it, are, you, are you the one that's maybe um, doing this? That's a good question. There's a lot of mixed academies. I don't know of any other girls-only female academies. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. What about you, Tabitha? What are you most proud of as a female entrepreneur? Um, I think it's the same. I think the fact that I decided to go out on my own. Again, I had a very stable career in HR, a professional career, so why on earth would I want to become a coach? Oh, so you, you, made, you, were in a, you had a really, you, you yeah. worked a lot in HR, you were... Yeah, yeah, I was an HR consultant. Um, I also uh, helped run a recruitment agency and did the HR and training there. So I've, I've always been in business and I've loved it and I've always loved my job. Um, and my husband at the time thought I was absolutely crazy to go and just start this new career. Like, why would you leave this stable <laughs> job for um, <laughs> some weird woo-woo job that doesn't really exist in his eyes? Um, yeah, and I retrained and I became a coach and then I you know, journeyed with, um, now with working a lot with one of many, which is a big women's leadership organisation. Um, and you are, you are sort of deeply passionate about what it is you do, helping I'm women, I'm really it? passionate about helping women 
get more into their feminine energy. I use feminine, all, not necessarily feminist, but I do use feminine energy a lot because that's where I think the key to the change is. I think there's a whole show with this. I don't want to delve too deep <laughs> because no. um, I think I think what you... It's so interesting that you see you're not a feminist, but almost what you say is deeply... It's, it's kind of, I think, quite out there. It's quite... Um, and it's about the feminine it energy. It's kind of... A little bit left to field. It's interesting. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah, but you're helping women. That's so proud of. What about you, Kat? I think it's the fact that actually I do quite a lot of things. I don't. So I run a PR company. Um, I'm a local councillor. I've also um, got some, as you alluded to earlier, Carmel, some um, different things. My sister and I have designed together and some baby products that are just coming to end stage for launch. Um, I co-founded um, a training company um, which looks at women or people who've had a long-term absence from work returning to the workplace. It's called Me Inside Out because it looks at yourself um, both inside and out. Um, and I think it's just the fact that I do so many different things. It's When I left sort of, uh, the corporate world, I took it as a bit of a challenge. It was like, okay, now do all the things you want to do. So I love interiors, so I've renovated a house. And, uh, and, and, you, kind of, and you made, got to be a councillor as well, a local councillor, yes. which I love that because I think so we do need more women, female voices out there. But that was that just part of the, hey, I've not got a full-time job. I can do stuff. I can go out there and do different things. How did you get to be a councillor? So um, a bit by accident, really. But, uh, <laughs> but um, my background originally, I trained as a nurse. Um, and so I've always had a slight altruistic element to a lot of things that I do. So I love being involved in things. I love giving things back. I love being part of the community. Um, and so it just seemed a natural fit that actually, um, you know, when the opportunity came up, it was like, actually, I could do that. And, and I'd really enjoy it. Um, and, and I like to be able to represent sort of people who, who don't necessarily get heard. Um, and so. Oh, good on you, good on you. I've photographed the Brentwood Council the last few years and there's more and more, more and more women coming through, which is amazing. That was, because I am so proud of this, I'm going to say what I'm proud of, is that I have created a work environment. Tabitha, you were talking about mm. um, flexible working. One of my teams, when we were 10 years, she had a baby, she kind of makes her own hours, we changed her job round. One of my teams just had glandular fever, we changed all her, her working round. We've got, I employ a few mums and so, and then I employ students. And I just love that actually you can create something super flexible and really help uh, help women and change their lives. Two of my team were working, had proper jobs in the city, had um, kids, and then they're working as dinner ladies. And you know what? That's fine, they're giving back, but they kind of wanted something a bit more. And now they're at the school gate going, no, I'm a photographer, and they just feel, they just feel a bit better about themselves. And I just, so that kind of thing, I'm I'm super proud. A shout out, hope, hopefully you're listening. They did listen to the first few shows. I'm sure they're all at work listening now, but I do, I do love my team a lot. They are super amazing. So it is Carmel Jane here with the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show. We are having an International Women's Day special. Uh, International Women's Day is this Friday. And so in the studio with me, I have Tabitha Pascoe, female coach, very in touch with her feminine energy. Kat Clifton, amazing stuff that she does with, with young footballers. She's, she looks after 500 girls who play football in her academy all around the country and Kat Tierney who's got a PR company she makes baby stuff and she's a local councillor she's a woman of all of all of all trades this one jack of all trades she's fantastic so we have been talking about um, how we need uh, the theme for International Women's Day is balance for better and we talked about um, some of the challenges women have and we talked about feminism two of us think that uh, three of us thought the feminism is a good word was, was, wasn't sure because um, but that, that's good we're all, we're all feminists we all want equality um, so we're just going to talk about a little bit um, about maybe what one piece of advice we really wish we'd known uh, growing up. Kat, we'll start with you. Um, I think probably it would be value your time in business. Um, I think if I'd known, um, time time was always something that you thought, 
it was free, but actually that's not how everybody sees it. Everybody's given 24 hours in a day and it's how you work those 24 hours that, that counts. But what I found when I started my own business is that people would say, can you just do X mm. for me and expect me to just do it as a favour? I'm sure you get the same. The power of saying no, ladies, is huge, isn't it? We actually just sometimes go, I can't do that because I think we're just used to yes, 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 fill the diary up and then you kind of hit the wall because everyone's taking a piece of your yes and saying no, there's something kind of nice, well, very empowering about it, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. And, and also, don't don't just give, don't just give away favours. You know, if somebody says, "Can you just do this?" Mm, that, has a, that has a cost associated with it. Well, you'll get to the end of the week, and you'll have done loads <coughs> of work, and it'll all be for free. I think you know, you're in PR. It's not a tangible. People don't mind paying for something that's a product. You do coaching. You do with all coaching. I take photos, and it's not a nest, And people go, oh, "Can you just do that?" And you're thinking. You've got to value your time. And I, I see a lot of other, especially women photographers, who don't value their time. Now, one was doing like 45 pounds an hour shoot and 10 JPEGs. It's like, well, you might as well, you know, there's no money there. And I think that's that time you can't, you have to value your time and have to stick to your, your prices and, and, and say, this is what I'm worth, isn't it? Definitely. What about you, Kat Clifton? Um, what do you wish you'd known? Uh, it's interesting you spoke about time, Kat, because I was about to say the same thing. My best piece of advice to someone starting a business would be don't wait for the perfect time to start because there's never going to be a perfect day mm. where everything's in line with each other where it's going to the world's going to say to you great time to start is today because just start and then work your way and learn on your way. I think that is so true. I think and I do I think it's that wanting it to be perfect is the excuse, isn't it? Oh, I can't start yet because this isn't really and that's really isn't really and you do just have to start and put all your energy and effort. I mean we've all started businesses and it's tough, isn't it? Those first that first kind of time and you, you have you doubt yourself and you all that kind of thing and you'd have to put the hours in. But I think that is just so true. Just start. It's not gonna be perfect when you start, but then you make it perfect. What about you, Tabitha? And what one piece of advice do you wish you'd known? Um, find your network, find your people, because there's nothing tribe, more, tribe. Yeah, there's nothing tribe's more, a word. Nothing's more powerful than a group of women who believe in you more than yourself. You know, like you said, you get self-doubt and you don't value your time. You have all these things, and women have a lot of that in turn. We've got a lot of actually I can't say it on the radio, we've got a lot of stuff going on in our head, you know, that woman mm. who says those horrible things. But when we've got supportive women around us who are going, No, it's awesome, go do it. That really encourages you. Because unfortunately, as much as our family, and not all family and friends, but some family and friends, they love us, but they don't understand. And they'll say things like, go get a job. Don't or, listen to your family. I say, my business coach is saying, exactly. unless, it's, unless it's Warren Buffett, don't listen to your family. Because actually, they don't, and especially if you're entrepreneurial, yeah. if we're all entrepreneurs, we're all a little bit odd. <laughs> I'm sure some people that know me might agree with that. But you do have to you do have to challenge it. when I had Laura Moody and she's very entrepreneurial and her family's saying, What are you doing? This is craziness. And yeah. you do have to you don't listen to your family yeah. well, you unless they think are it's business people. Listening to intuition and then having a tribe of women but can't doesn't have to be women, but if you have a tribe of people like you, like minded who um, are going to encourage you, because one of the things I get a lot is, you know, someone say, Oh, I, I showed this to my friend or my my dad or my partner and I say well are they your ideal client or they think it's rubbish <laughs> are they your ideal client well no, no. so we well, don't listen to them yeah because they're, they're not going to ever buy your service or product so why are you even listening to them I know when I said it I left my husband I was on my own I had two little kids um, and I did a lot of women's networking and it was it wasn't I was working from home as well so if you are in that starting out phases I mean I actually don't do local networking now quite so much got other stuff going on but local networking especially women's network groups um, absolutely wonderful because you meet good people but it is it's that time to 
And often when you get a networking group, they admit their mistakes. I think it, we, on social media, we're all being a bit shiny and fabulous, aren't we? But when you meet face to face, people saying, oh, this is tough and I got this wrong. And, and it makes you feel better because mm. as, as Kate was saying, not everything's perfect. Because you run networking groups, don't you? I run a, it's kind of group business coaching slash personal development. Yeah, Elevated Women in Chelmsford. So Elevated yeah, I do. Women. Yeah, yeah, so I do, yeah. On the website, be brilliant. Yeah. Um, who do you find inspirational, Kate Tierney? Quite a few people, actually. Um, there's people that I find inspirational for what they've achieved. So there'll be people like J.K. Rowling. She's a, she's a proper completer finisher. You know, start to finish, she, she gets the job done. She saw it through and, and she did well and she didn't listen to the critics. No, no. Um, there are people who are sort of more, um, sort of less mainstream, I suppose, that I find um, really inspirational. There's a lady called Anna Whitehouse, um, otherwise known as Mother Pucker. Say that very carefully. Yes, say that one carefully on community radio. Thank you, Kat. Yes, I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> she started off as um, a blogger. She, she worked in marketing. She found after she'd had her first child, it was almost impossible to sort of work in the job that she'd been in before. She became a blogger and an influencer, and um, and now she's. Um, She's launched a program called Flex Appeal, which she has taken to um, Downing Street, and um, she's working with a government group to look at actually how people will have a more flexible approach to not just women in business, but to everybody in business, because this shouldn't just be for women flexible working. It's, no. Um, it, sh it should be for everybody. Well, this is a bit the whole thing about feminism and things. That why do we need it? 12 men every day in this country commit suicide because they're manning up, they're being tough. And so I think there's that it goes both ways. And it flexible does. working, and I think, um, especially, there's a lot of women probably in their late 20s, 30s have got a husband now who's changing nappies and a lot better with the kids. Thank feminism for that too, because that has allowed men to go, and I've seen a lot of it actually, men are so much better with the kids now than my dad ever was. Um, and and that's that's part of the feminism, that flexible working and, and and then we can, and you're not um, pigeonholed into being man up or being the girly or whatever. So um, yeah, what about you, Kat? Uh, Kat, I'm gonna my cats. Two, how do I get two women called Kat in there? Kat Clifton, um, who do you find inspirational? Um, I find inspirational the mums, actually, it's funny your mums here, that come to our sessions because they are beginners. So they're starting something new for the very first time. And I think we've all been somewhere where we've gone out of our comfort zone and we're really, really scared. But I think being a mum and having children and whether it's their full-time job being a mum or they've got work either side, they come to a She Can Play session, they've got no experience playing football, like it's really, really daunting. And hey, they turn so Because you've got, the, the mums are all involved now, you've got, you've got yeah, ladies' teams, so haven't you? We've got mums and women's recreational sessions. So if their daughter's playing football, they can play football too, um, instead of just watching. And then we've got the women who come um, and join in with the mums because they just want to kick about and get some exercise. And it's a really great like social aspect. They're not coming because they want to train to be the next England player. They come in to have a laugh with the girls. And they, some of them can't even kick the ball. They fall over kicking the ball and they all laugh <laughs> about it. And, and that's the best thing. But like, just, and I just look at them, I think, do you know what, like some of them like 40s, 50s, they come in for the first time in their whole life to play football, which is very, very daunting. And they're just smashing it. And I, I look at them, I think, you're, you're an inspiration and that's why I do what I do. Uh, you, you're so inspirational to me, Kat, because um, if you listen to my show, if you know me, I love my tennis. It's my re release. I go and hit the ball. I forget about work and I'm, we need to move our bodies. And I think this is about men, um, if you look at the stats on involvement in sport, there's a lot more men. And, and I think going to the gym is good for you, but it's a little bit if it's about what you look like. I don't know that that's the best end goal. If it's about being healthy, 
being a happier person, being more balanced, having a laugh with people and getting exercise, it's so much better. But I've, I've photographed you ladies and they it was lots of fun. They uh, they really get into it. So how many ladies teams do you run? Is it just at every... It's just the recreational session. So we've got women's tournaments. We're doing vets tournaments now. So over 30 is women. So there's loads of different teams around the country that have just started the over 30s recreational teams. So we invite them down to a she can play vets five-a-side tournaments where they all compete against each other. And it's hilarious watching them all. Um, and they, they're laughing even more on the pitch. And, uh. and seeing the football in that aspect, because when they were younger, the, the opportunities weren't there to yeah. play football. Uh, like I think, was I think the, the, the dropout rate on teenage girls is unbelievable, it's isn't crazy. it? And then I played a lot of sport and I think it's helped me stay healthier and fit through my adulthood, which is what we need. Um, I'm, just, so I'm going to come back to you, Tabitha, but mm. this kind of ties in with my most inspirational woman. My mother, I love her. She's, she's not going to listen to this because she is on a three-week outward-bound course in New Zealand where you don't have a phone, you get up every morning, have a swim in the sea and go for runs. You've got three days in the bush. It's really hardcore. She's 69 years old. I love her. She is my inspiration. She took up rowing a few years ago and won medals at the World Masters. And it is all about... She actually didn't do sport, but we grew up on a farm, so she was kind of a physical woman. And... I just love it. And then you go, 69 years old, I'm in my 40s and I don't, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it now. The thought of getting, just swimming the sea every morning in autumn doesn't sound like much fun. Uh, it's autumn in New Zealand. I don't know what time of year it is. Um, so yeah, this whole sporting thing. So I know it's kind of cheesy, but my mum is my inspiration. What about you, Tabitha? Who do you find inspirational? <laughs> I find loads of people inspirational. All of my clients, I, I literally get lit up all the time hearing about their stories and what they've achieved and how they've broken through their own barriers. It's often their own barriers, not other people's. Um, and I mean, obviously you've got the big names like, yes, Oprah Winfrey's amazing oh. and Brené Brown. And you've got those types of people that I love to look up to and I'm inspired by. I'm particularly inspired by Dr. Joanna Martin, who started the One of Many community, mm -hmm. which has been going about four years now. And I've, I've done all of her, I think I've, than every type of training possible with her because she's just awesome. She oozes um, exactly what we're talking about today and getting women onto boards, getting women getting women into, into leadership of any leadership, whether it be sports, business, their lives, motherhood. It doesn't matter, just kind of stepping up to be yeah. the change you want to see in the world. Because actually doing this, I realise everyone's got a story and everyone who yeah. actually has gone out there and done a business, you know, <laughs> you've had to put your big big trousers on, your big boots on and go, I'm going to do this next year, meeting all yeah, lots of people and women who are doing that. Um, Tabitha, can we have a break the glass ceiling? Yes. We can. <laughs> Excellent. We've got a long way to go. We've got a long we way have. to go. Well, to be honest... Can I say, there's more men called John or Dave, I think, on boards of FTSE 100 companies than there are women. We've got a wee way to go. We have. But, I mean, in 2017, there was 28% of FTSE 100 board members were women compared yeah. to 11% in 2007. So it's slow, but it is getting there. Um, and also, I mean, it just still surprises me how much we, the businesses aren't really going for this because they know that boards with at least three board members that are women will have a 50%, they'll be 50% more profitable. Yeah, there's all sorts of, there are more women there and more diversity across everything as well. You bring in different yes. ideas and actually it, is, it, is, it makes business sense, doesn't it? It does, because you need both. It's not just one or the other's better, but, you, but you, when you combine them, it's fantastic. And just, I have to say a stat. So if every country matched the progress toward gender parity of its fastest growing neighbour, we could add $12 trillion to the global economy by 2025. In fact, if we had 50-50 on our boards, it'd be more like 23 trillion. 
I mean, that's that, like a mental a amount yeah. of money. And, and, and women getting paid more and putting more into the economy yeah, and everything. So you, you think we can do it? I think we're way, way off. But uh, oh, we yeah. are, we are. Yeah, 28. We're off, but we, you know, we are. I mean, the last 10 years we have leaped. So you, you it, think it's even it's what getting there? What we've talked about today and talking about feminism and talking about this on community radio. I mean, it probably wouldn't have happened a few years ago. So hopefully, yeah, exactly. hopefully, we're inspiring some women out there, especially some young women, to go. We can do this. What about you, Kat? Can we break this glass ceiling? I think we definitely have to aspire to. I'd like to think it was done within my lifetime. I'm not that old. Um, but I've got a friend who works for one of the big banks that will remain nameless, and she has just been taken on um, as a parity, um, I can't remember her exact title, but it's the gender parity, because they worked out that while they recruit at 50-50, um, by the time they actually get to um, board level, there's a 90-10 split. Oh, so they're recruiting 50-50, but only 10% of board members are women. Absolutely. And they said that if they carry on in that way, they won't get to gender parity until 2095. Yeah, got a wee way to go. So there's, there's a lot of reasons that women drop out of work. You know, we've, we've sort of discussed um, flexible working and things. There's also yeah. other things like natural life stages. You know, the menopause is still quite a taboo subject. For you ah, we could go the F-bomb and menopause on community <laughs> radio. Go and get Tierney, local councillor. I love it. Um, but... Someone says, well, yeah, but women, you know, they take time off and have babies. But that's only a male construct. That's a bad thing. And what if we said, oh, great, this woman's just had three years off. She's been chilling out with a baby. She's learned so much. She's going to come back fighting fit with better, um, you know, managing to multitask and all that. It's just the way we frame it. If we said, isn't this great? Women are coming back having had a break and having, you know, had a bit of a life change, they're going to come back with new ideas and new skills. So it's not that women have had a break, yeah, let's push them to the side. Let's say, hey, they've come back with something new and it's all about the patriarchy. I don't want to get too heavy. I might get in trouble. <laughs> Here we are about patriarchy, feminism and the menopause. We're not going to talk about the menopause. We've got too much to talk about. That's for another day, Kat. And um, what about you, uh, Kat Clifton? Do you think we can break the glass ceiling? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You're trying to do it in sport, women's football. Yeah, they? and sport is a great place to start. I mean, if all of women's sports could be as equal as men's sports, what a world it would be. Yeah, and a stronger, braver, more confident woman. I'll give you a stat. This is from 2013, so it's probably a little bit old. Most valuable women's sports deal was 450,000. Men's was 28 million. <laughs> you know, there's there's a wee way to go in sports on the money side of stuff. But I think the fact that we are watching women's sports on TV, there's rugby, there's netball, there's football, there's tennis, of course, which has kind of always been around because they wear short skirts, I think. Might, that might be it. Um, yeah, we can, we can do it in sport and in business. So we've got to round this up. I'd love to have you here all day, ladies. But um, let's just finish it off. Tabitha, what advice would you give to businesses on how to inspire women? Um... That's a really good question. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think for me it's about showing up as your authentic self and not trying to be someone else. We do wear a lot of masks and I think if you can just show up and be proud of who you are um, and what you do and be a role model, you know, the, the, the best way that we can inspire people is by role modelling, by doing exactly what we're all doing and just showing up as ourselves. Yeah, I think, I mean, Tabitha's touched on it. It's a bit much for today to go into it too much, but you're saying about embrace your femininity, embrace your authentic self. And actually, mm. we um, Mary Porter, big shout out to her, she's an amazing woman, and she's got a book called Work Like a Woman. It's saying, we don't have to copy what men have done. We can actually change it. And it's all, you know, yes. it's all being structured around men, wifey in the home, having yep. kids, all that kind of alpha male stuff is how our whole society, and especially work's being constructed. And actually, you can change it, um, and it doesn't have to be run. But Commerce was created by men, for men. We've only been in the workplace 50, 60 years, so there's just a lot of catching up to be done. 
Yeah. 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 After the war, wasn't it? Women started working in the 50s. It was all kind of, you know, get back to the kitchen and things. But uh, mm. we're out of the kitchen now. We're going to smash are. it. <laughs> uh, what about you, Kat Clifton? What advice would you give to businesses on how to inspire women? Uh, we spoke a little bit about it before, and I think it's a very interesting question because I can see why businesses would want to inspire women. And I think to inspire women, you've got to give them women role models to look up yeah. to. But I also think why should businesses go out of their way just to inspire women? Why should women be inspired differently to men if you're in the same occupation? You should both want to do the, a great job. Mm. And maybe inspire them into working collaboratively and working in a way that's maybe mm. slightly different to the old-fashioned way, the kind of very hierarchical kind of, kind mm. of way. But yeah, inspire everybody. What about you, Kat Tierney? What should businesses do to inspire women? I'm inclined to agree with Kat a bit there. It's obviously, you know, it's about inspiring everybody. But I do think it's about being really supportive to women um, and, and making them believe a lot of women suffer from imposter syndrome because this is you know, a relatively new sort of area mm. that we've come into in a, in a lot of situations. And uh, and I, I was saying to um, the, the other ladies in, in the break that actually, um, I always wait for someone to tap me on the shoulder and tell me to go off and I'm not really supposed to be do where you, I do am. You, do you get imposter syndrome where you just think, I'm not good enough to be here? And then and you have to take that deep breath and go, no, I'm okay, I'm allowed to be in this space. Do you get it, Kat? Not Kat. really. No. I just, I just <laughs> She's too so young and cool and plays loads <laughs> of football. She's fine. What about you, Tabitha? Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't think I've coached anyone yet that hasn't eventually, when you've dug deep enough, has comes up with not feeling good enough. Yeah. I've got just, this not enoughness going on and it's crazy. Yeah, and I, I do from what I, I mean, it's, it, it can happen to anyone. I think as, as a predominant, women suffer from it a lot more because, mm. you know, men talk more and they, you know, the, the stats in a meeting, if women speak 30% of the time, men think they've dominated the conversation, all this kind of thing. And, and right from babies, from, you know, girls have said oh you're good you're a good girl hey you're a really tough boy and I think that has just come all the way through and so we, we always just think we're meant to be good and quiet um so yeah imposter syndrome I think is, is something we would deal with yeah I think as well women multitask and, and the very vast majority of men without wanting to stereotype can only do one thing at a time and mm. you know when I, I come home and when my husband's been working from home and the kitchen is a tip and I just think oh, why didn't you put this in the dishwasher <laughs> I was working whereas mm. you know as a woman, I try to get everything done. But that's, yeah, I really want to answer that because that's the thing about men and women is that, so energy, so not necessarily man and woman, but like feminine energy and masculine energy. Masculine energy is about tunnel vision. So they're very, they live in boxes. Mm. If you've seen any of the videos about men who live in boxes, they're modal. They live in that kind of, those boxes. And they're, they're very, which is why if you go back to tribal days, they went out hunting because it's kill or be killed. They had that laser focus, whereas women, we're more relational so we're about relationships and looking at the kids and checking this out and looking that and so that's why we can women in feminine energy can multitask easier because we're in that feminine energy i have a man brain i can do one thing at a time i have to turn yeah. the music off if i'm doing this someone talks to me i say turn the music off i can't concentrate but you can have i think this is the thing is i think it's all the feminine and masculine energy it's not men and women no I it's think not no women men are trained to have masculine energy and women are trained to have feminine energy it's but natural. actually we've all got both yes look at the essex boys with their Absolutely. perfect hair and their perfectly groomed clothes they like a bit of feminine energy don't they <laughs> exactly. they're not all called dave driving a white van van man any, any all the time now they're all like gorgeously groomed we photograph <laughs> we photograph a lot of kids and this and the scene just I promise you, the boys, and actually when I photograph men at conferences, are more likely to say, when they look at the picture on the back of the camera, oh, my hair, my hair. Honestly, 
nine times out of ten, it's a boy going, oh, my hair, my hair, what does my hair look like? Well, the girls just don't even really care. So, yeah, the men in Essex especially are in touch with their feminine energy, mm. aren't they? Um, okay, I've just got to, I'm talking too much. I've got to work out what I'm doing on my radio show. Excellent. We, I just want to say a huge thank you to the guests. I hope you've had fun. I have really enjoyed this. I say we're just talking off here, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Um, this has been it today, which has been amazing. Um, has anyone got a final, final word they want to say before we go? I've gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we probably can't. The can of worms will be here for another half an hour. So, uh, anyway, thank you so much, Cat. Cat. Never do a radio show where you get two people called Cat, and it's very confusing. Cat, Cat, and Tabitha. Thank you so much. All their details of what they do will be on the Phoenix FM website. I've I've tagged and shared them in all our social media. They are amazing women doing incredible things, and I just want to say a huge, huge thank you for coming in. to interrupt the podcast but I've got a couple of photography notices for all of you photography buffs out there I will be on the wedding and portrait stage at the huge photography show on Monday the 18th of March this show is at the NEC and is for all things photography my talk is going to be about the art of high volume headshots and this is my biggest speaking engagement to date so I'm a bit nervous come along and support me I would love to see you there The other exciting photography announcement we've got is we are looking for some brand ambassadors. We are looking on the lookout for some fantastic dancers that want to like, share and shout about the fantastic studio and the dance photography that we do here at Carmel Jane Photography. So keep an eye out on our Instagram page, like, share and enter to see if you too could be one of our brand ambassadors. Back to the podcast. Um, leader of the Brentwood Council, she is also um, Essex uh, County Council. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much. I know you're a very busy lady. Uh, thank you for coming in. Hello, Carmel. That's a pleasure. Excellent. So we're just going to talk a little bit. I mean, this is for International Women's Day, and I'm so so pleased you could come in because I think, and the, the actually the theme for the whole year is balance for better, and saying we need women, more women in, in work, more women in the media, and sport, and of course more women in politics. And mm-hmm. you know, you are, I, I didn't cite you as one of my inspirational women, but you are a bit of a hero. I think you, um, you've achieved a lot, haven't you, in, in politics? I mean, you, actually, let's take it back. How did you start? You were in the city working and then what happened? I was in the city working um, and I decided that I wanted to get involved in politics. It's always had always been something that I'd been very interested in. And I contacted uh, Brandon Lewis, who was obviously the, the then leader of the group, not leader mm-hmm. of the council, but leader of the Conservative group, um, and so that I was interested in, in getting involved in standing. And, um, and I did, first of all, as a, as a paper candidate. And then the following year, I fought the seat in Hutton North and, and won. And that was in ooh, 2004. 2004. It's a, a long, long time, time ago. on the council, yeah. Yes. And did you have to do all the door knocking and all that kind of things? Yeah. A lot of work. Is it tough when you do all that work? And you don't win because did you say the first year you didn't? The first time I didn't, although I wasn't e- expected to win the first oh, time. Yeah, yeah. It was more a paper candidate, but uh, the second time it was a target Done. seat. So yes, we we started early, did all the door knocking, and and just you know worked hard, addressed the issues that were were of concern, and uh, and it worked. So I think I mean I've I've had a little bit to do with local council um, through photography and different things, but I think it's quite a um, it's almost a bit of a thankless task, isn't it? People don't realise what you're doing. You're trying to fix the potholes. You're trying to fix the things, and actually. Yeah trying to make a difference. It, it can be really hard in that sense. And I always say to people, um, I, I love it and I would encourage people to get involved, but but don't do it if you want to thank you because they're, they're not very ready in, in coming uh, 
<laughs> coming forwards. Um, but you can make a real difference. And I know that sounds a cliche, but to, you know, if I look back, I look back at my time now as a, as a ward member, but also as the leader of the council. Uh -huh. And some of the my, my proudest achievements would actually be the, the more private ones with, uh -huh. with individuals when they've had um, a problem or they've been in a certain circumstance and you've actually been able to help them and, and we're talking things like housing stuff that's you know really fundamental to people's well-being um, and if you be can help them literally change someone's life and really really made a, a positive difference it, to them it, and that's that's you know just as rewarding as something that would you know might be make a, a headline somewhere and, and uh and some sort of you know splash in, in the media um so it covers so many different areas and that's what I, I love about the role and what i love about local politics so local politics did get a little bit interesting for a while there didn't they we had we had russell quirk and what was, what's his party called and there was all stuff going on and and it got a little bit um feisty it, was, it wasn't you know I, I did go to a few of the council meetings just it was like shakespearean theater at times but amongst all this and amongst um it was you know we we live in a town like brentwood it was mm -hmm. pretty white male middle class kind mm -hmm. of a council and then you were in you know pretty relative terms politically very young woman mm -hmm. and how did you get to be leader of the council mm -hmm. So um, it's being the, the leader of the largest group. Mm -hmm. So um, when Brandon announced that he was moving on, I decided that I wanted to take over from him. So um, obviously worked with Go the, Louise, the group I love that that's to, to take happen. over. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that's what I did. So um, I've, you know, since then, we've, when we've obviously been the major party, that's meant that I've been the, the leader of the council as well. Um, how many, and it when does did you come get to be leader of the council? Uh, 2009. Oh, wow. So you've done so it. It's, yeah, it's a decade. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's really why, I mean, people have been obviously asking me why, why now, why am I stepping down as leader now? Um, and I, I've, you know, I've done, <laughs> I've done a decade and I look back at, it's been a real, really different time for, and a very challenging time for local governments. Mm. So with changes oh, in budgets, in, yeah. exactly. Um, and that's required a very different skill set and people to really approach things differently. So when I first got involved, it was about really how you could spend money and how you could you know, obviously help people. But there was so much waste in the system as well, and uh, and I actually found that quite incredible mm. when I when I became became the leader. Just how much how much waste is there, and, and how much of a difference you can make by you running came, things more efficiently. Yeah, because you, you were in the private sector, mm. and I think. Um, I'd mean, quite like to be a politician too, but I'm not nearly as tactful and diplomatic as you, Louise, so I don't know I can do it. <laughs> Louise is fabulous, and, and I've met her a few times, and, and she, um, I hope you end up having a fantastic political career, because you are, you know, you don't say daft things, you're quite measured in what you say, and I, sometimes I think, oh, I could be a politician, I think, no, I'll just stick to something like radio, because I can say silly things, it doesn't matter, I'm not going to get pulled up in the papers for it. Um, but, so, you're a leader of the council, and I say, oh, I've been to some of those meetings and mm. it is, I say, um, there was a few issues going on that me and my husband would go and watch, but it was quite Shakespearean. You know? it, mm. was, it was a real catfight in there. So how did you, and you were always so, I say, beautifully eloquent and that you spoke amazingly. So how, how did you overcome, there was a lot of negativity in the accounts, but when you stood up mm. in front of all those people, what was going mm. through your mind? Um, it, it can be really difficult and, and you're right at times it can feel like you're in the middle of a bear pit yeah. um, and particularly when you're leader and everyone's therefore looking to you to see what you're going to say and you know what, what's what's happening but I think it's about remembering why you why you do what you do um, and there have been some very nasty nasty moments and some very um, nasty personal attacks but I think it's do about think it's worse putting that to one side and remembering why oh, you're yeah. there and doing what you're doing. Do you think it's worse being a woman? It's more difficult being a woman? Do you, do you get the nasty tweets and trolls and things? Oh yes, yeah, you get the, the nastiness on uh, on social media and, I, and 
I think people probably say things on social media they wouldn't ever mm. dream of saying to your face um, if they were having a conversation with you. I think in that sense, it obviously brings out the worst in people. Um, but it's it also a great way in communicating with people. So if, if there is something that's happening, and I'm being tagged left, right, and centre. You can actually really uh, know about it. So the gossip is happening. Early stage, but you know so. that the gossip is happening because yeah. I've tagged you in the post. Yeah. But yeah, that must be tough. You're tucking your little kids into bed at night. You're just about to sit down with a glass of wine with your husband, mm -hmm. and you check social media, and there's someone written something really nasty. Does that, is that, or, or you, you see your higher goal, you see you making a difference, and that's how you, you overcome it? Uh, generally, yes. I mean, it obviously depends what it is. And in, in some cases, you have to respond, depending on obviously what, mm. what they've said. You can't just let certain things go. Um, I think the biggest frustration is is if, if there is a conversation and people have got on the bandwagon and the facts are just all over the place, whether that's, you know, a personal mm. comment, whether they're just talking about a topic, and that can be very frustrating. So I'll try and just set the stall out so at least people then have the facts to then obviously have the conversation. Um, but but equally, it's knowing when to just let it go. Let it go. You yeah. know, you, if you replied to everything, I'd spend my life on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> and I just don't have the time for that. So it's um, you know, it is about knowing when to let stuff go and when to respond. But yeah, yeah, you have to be a tough lady, I think, too, or a person to just put up there. Do you know what? We have to go to ads. I can talk to you all day. We're going to come back and we're going to listen hear about. Um, not only was Louise leader of the council, she had two little boys, and now she's gone on to Essex County Council. There is no stopping this woman, wonderful woman, Louise McKinley, who is leader of the Brentwood Council. Although she announced uh, last week, just after I booked her for my show, that you're stepping down in May. That's right, that'd be after 10 years as leader. So um, I'm going to continue as a councillor, but I've decided to call it a day in terms of being the leader of the council. Yeah, 10 years is a long time. And we're just saying off air that actually you probably, you've probably achieved so much, haven't you? And actually it's probably some time for someone else to to change and grow what you've done. I think that's right, yeah. So even if I look back at, at what we've done, when um, obviously there were the budget cuts that were coming in and many other councils were cutting services in order to balance the, the books, um, we found ways of which we could increase those services and in, in many cases we take them for granted now. Um, so some of the community events, the, the Christmas event down in, in Shenfield, um, the Neighbourhood Action Team, which is additional resources mm. that, that go around and help keep the, the borough clean and, and green. Um, we can't and council tax and froze it as well, all in these really difficult times. And we've just recently approved a budget that's going to invest money in King George's to give that um, a whole new lease of life down Do you there. Know what? I spent my I live very, I'm from Morley and I had two little boys. We were there all the time. Mm. It's such a fantastic, and then it the is. rugby club as well. Yep. such a fantastic amenity for the and people come from all over too. It's they not do. just local people. And it's it's a it's a lovely park with a, a great play area there. Mm. Um, but you, I'm sure you'll have noticed that the, the paddling pools have been closed down now, so we're looking to... Are going to reopen them? With a splash park, so modernising it. And if you look at the the, the hub, the centre, the, the, the pavilion area, that, that's actually looking quite tired. Yeah. So it needs more investment there with the possibility of also including a soft play facility, which we oh, well, would be big, fantastic. Big changes, for, yeah. Yes. Um, so if we look at that... Uh, and think about the what's coming up over the next few years. So every three years, the council will review its plan in terms of what's, what it intends to do for the next three years. Wow. That's due to happen this coming financial year. So it's just the right time to go. It's, it's, it was either now or sign up effectively for another two or three years. And I'm getting more involved with what I'm doing at the county that's council, awesome. and that's that's now where I want to focus. So how long, you were two years ago, you, were, um, you went out for county council? Two years this May. Two yes. years this May. And then... You got uh, to be a councillor on the Essex County Council and straight away you got a giant portfolio to look after, didn't you? <laughs> what yes. are you in charge of for Essex, Essex County Council? Uh, finance with commercial and traded services. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, big, a big brief. So how, is that a full-time job? 
Um, it, you've, funny hours. They're very erratic hours when, when people always start, ask generally about what hours do, do you mm. do. They're all over the place. So you could have a morning off and then be working till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. It's it's literally all over the place and weekend work. In many ways, um, I like it because I can balance that with my private life. Flexible working. That's right. But the flip side of that is um, it can make childcare arrangements very difficult. Mm-hmm. I've, I've now got a, a wonderful nanny who is very flexible and that makes a big difference and a lot of support for my family. But without that, it would be very difficult. Very difficult. And exactly talking about children, Louise, you've got two boys, one's five and five three, and four. Five and four. Mm-hmm. So she was leader of the council when she had two children. And your first one was premature as well, wasn't That's it? That's right. Yeah, he came so, early. So, I mean, you must be kind of a tough lady to do this and to keep going. And, and, and it's not about we all have to be the toughest because what the choices you made are not the choice for probably most women. I think mm. it was very, very difficult. But so you've got good family and your mm. husband's very supportive and, and you're in a position to do that. But didn't you, you had like two weeks off and went back to council, didn't you? Yes, yes. <laughs> that so, makes me slowly. just want to go and lie down in a cold room <laughs> just thinking about it. I thought I was pretty tough. But I don't know that I could have gone back to work after two weeks. How did you do yeah, it? So, it's, so it, was a, it was a gradual return and a lot of it can be done over email and on the phone. Um, but there are obviously official official council meetings as well. Um, so it, it's just about, I think, being quite clear with people what you can and what you can't do and what you're prepared to do. Actually, Kat was in earlier, she's a council too, and she's talking about saying no to people exactly. and saying my time is, is really valuable and yeah. setting the stall out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you follow New Zealand politics, but Jacinda Hearn yes. is a prime minister of New Zealand. She's very young too. And um, and she's just had a baby. And, yeah. you know, she her husband's really supportive. And I think this is wonderful. We, we talked about feminism and things, but actually feminism is good because it allows men to be more involved with the kids yeah, as well. You know, they don't, they don't have to be all tough and not change nappies and not do anything. But it's just wonderful. There is people like you, like Jacinda Hearn, saying, well, actually, it took time out to have a baby. It wasn't easy. But lots of people have to do things that weren't easy and still yeah. go on to work, don't they? That's right. And I think if you've got that, that supportive partner and if you're, you are clear with what you can and, and as you rightly say, what you can't do and what you're not prepared to do. So you, you mentioned earlier when we were just talking about social media and, you know, tucking the kids up in bed yeah. and then you pick your phone up. There are times when I just say, right, this is a phone-free zone now yeah. because I'm going to sit down and actually have an evening. Um, that's you know, that's a private evening, and it's not going to involve work. Do you get, do you get mummy guilt? Which I do when you work too much and you think, oh, should I be with my kids? I'm working. I love what I do, but you know, do you, yeah. do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. So it, it is a real balance, and you know, sometimes when I'm running out the door at six o'clock, um, and just, they're getting ready for bed, and all of you know, sort of the bath time and the usual evening um, performances and then I'm saying bye see you later and they're saying well we don't go that I mean that can obviously be very difficult the flip side of that is I I may have been able to pick them up from school that day and spend a couple of hours with them in the afternoon so you know it's it's there's there's no perfect solution in life it is that it's the the good with the bad but I I think I think we make it work and they're very very happy very very balanced they know what I do they'll they'll talk about it wow you're such an amazing role model you're growing little feminists too my boys they now they're 16 they don't always the twins uh want to but they say they're a feminist they say they say a woman working a woman achieving and it's fantastic and if you ask them they'll tell you that men and women are equal um, and in actual fact, my uh, my eldest son was reading a book about um, the the lady that first flew the aeroplanes around the world. I've forgotten her name now. Um, Amelia Earhart. Yes, yeah. And um, the book was telling, was saying how she couldn't get funding at first because people didn't think that a woman could fly an aeroplane. And he just stopped and looked at me and said, "Well, that's silly. Why, why would they think that?" 
And I thought, brilliant. brilliant. And then just, <laughs> this and is that, working. And you just got to make sure that he, that society doesn't unteach him that, yes. that ability to see why couldn't a man and yeah. a woman do the same thing. So, but yeah, it's a mummy guilt sometimes, which mm. is really tough. So I'm assuming that two children's enough now. You're not going to, uh, or maybe you want a third. The face no, said no, no. no more. <laughs> there are no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of four. My mum said, two kids, you've got two hands, that makes it easy. When yep. you go into the third child, that's just changes the game. And, and I guess for you, you've achieved so much at Brentwood Council and uh, very exciting times on at Essex County Council. And I get, you, you know, you really feel like you've got a lot to give, don't you? I, I do, and I love what I, what I do as well. And, and uh, it, it's, it's just that balance the whole time around, you know, not just on a day-to-day basis mm. in terms of managing your diary, but actually managing what you want to do with life and the difference and the impact that, that you want to make. And as I said earlier, that could be dealing with somebody on a, a private individual matter. It could be dealing with something, you know, more, more widely um, at the moment. I'm looking at uh, some work on, on Shenfield Library, working very much with the community there. Um, and you know, then you come onto the sort of the, the bigger stage when you're looking at you know how you're going to make budgets worth millions and millions of pounds add up. So it just becomes so it's monopoly a real variety. Money. Monopoly money after all, because you're dealing with big figures. It's, it's, it's big it's, figures, yeah. It's it is big big figures, big figures, big figures. Um, but it's again, it, it's being clear what you want what you want to do with that. What is it that you're actually? You know, why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do what what you do? And if you haven't got that clear vision. Had you always wanted to be some sort of politician? Well, I did A-level politics, mm. and um, I was actually the only girl in my class then as well. Wow. So I guess the, I, hopefully it that's was changed a bit. Early hopefully it's changed a bit, yeah. Um, but I've always had an interest. Always I, I, in the nineteen ninety two election, I did some some telling at one of the um, the polling stations, um, and that was really my first insight into you know, how how it happens and and what goes on. And then I was involved at university as well. So um, so what would you say if, if there's any woman in particular listening who thinking, you know what, I would like to make a difference. I think I'm the kind of person that can get involved with committees and make changes. How do people get to be on the first, the first rung, I guess, is of a local councillor? Well, I would always invite anybody to, to drop me a line because I'm always happy to talk to anybody um, uh-huh. about what it involves. Um, and, and it can be to, to varying levels. You know, there are some people that do it who are quite happy just to stay as being the, the ward member uh-huh. uh, and that works for the rest of their life. And obviously, if you move up the ladder, that's when it becomes, like any job, that's when it becomes a... Know, more, more time consuming but but people do this and they lead very balanced lives so they have families mm. they work full time and there are so many different angles to the committee so when, you know, whether it's planning whether um, you're interested in in the environment whether it's something more on the business side whatever your background there will be something that that you can contribute to if you'd come from the private sector because i know that the committees and like decision by <laughs> Oh, I'm the boss of my business. I make my own decisions and stuff happens. Mm. How do you cope with that? Mm. You do have to go through committee and everything has to be discussed or did you, did you get good at driving things through? It, it's a bit of both. So, so ultimately the, the big decisions will, will end up at committee. But I think it's about how you take people with you. Um, and very often there'll be working groups behind the scenes mm-hmm. and they can be cross-party with people being involved. Um, there'll be work that's done at the more senior level. I might work with a couple of the chairs on something and with some of the senior officers. So very, it's very rare that something just happens by, by you know, one person, almost inevitably never. So I think it's about how, how you approach it and take people with you so that when you get to committee, everyone understands you know, what's happening, why you're doing what you're doing, how it feeds into the bigger picture. So it's um, all about communication, isn't yeah. it? Which, uh, you know, 
It Women is. tend to be pretty good at that. And I think by the sounds of things, <laughs> communicating is a thing. We Louise McKinley, leader of the Brentwood uh, Council. She's been doing that job for 10 years, been a uh, councillor for 13, 15, 15 years. Um, and she only announced last week she's going to step down. 10 years and huge achievement. She's done a lot, but that, she doesn't stop there. In between times, she had two children. She is... Um, also on the Essex County Council with a big finance portfolio, dealing with millions of pounds, making sure the council's run properly. Not an easy job in these times, is it, Louise? No, it's, it's definitely not. And um, that's that's you know really where I want to start focusing my energies now as well. So you know, I've really enjoyed and I've learned a, a lot in Brentwood, not just about politics, but about people, mm-hmm. about myself, about you know how how to work, how how to operate on things. Um, so for me, it's about you know taking that on now to the next level. Um, the theme of International Women's Day is balance for better, more balance, um, sports coverage for women, media coverage, employment and politics. And I, I, this, we're about 32% in the House of Commons are women, only 26% are members in the House of Lords. Nine of the 29 people who attend the Cabinet meetings are women. Louise, get yourself to Westminster. <laughs> are you going to do that? Um, I'm focusing on Essex County Council. I, I, I think I said when Louise first came on, she's so terribly diplomatic and she minds her P's and Q's constantly. Um, so she, she said that she's not going to go um, for central government. But I think do, when you see these stats, does it make, does part of you go, oh, that could be me making a difference? I, I think women are hugely underrepresented across the board in politics, um, even locally. So the, the, the figures um, in terms of the, the council themselves yeah. are usually, no, not too bad. Yeah. But when you start looking at, women who then step up to more senior positions, that's when you start to see the, the number you know, very distorted. And it's, um, it's quite interesting when you, when you speak to, and if, I, if, I'm, if I'm having a conversation with a prospective candidate, um, the men will never say, I haven't got time or I've got to think about the family. That's the sort of response yeah. that you get from, from women. Um, so if a man decides not to do it, it would be generally for a different reason. And I think that's probably what's at the heart of all of this, because as and I speak from personal experience and from obviously speaking to, to friends as well, even those who have um, are in a, a relationship where your two are very equal and they're both very career driven, it still tends to be the woman where most of the, the family and the, the household chores and arrangements, um, where, the, where the responsibility for that will fall to. Yeah, I think, you know, even with, with fantastic husbands, it's still, it's still mum on a Sunday afternoon going, oh, the, are the uniforms clean? Exactly. Are the kids eating enough broccoli this yeah. weekend? And just taking that little bit extra yeah. bit of, and I think it's changing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know about your husband, but I know my dad never changed nappies, but now actually most men yeah. having kids these days that want to be involved and get more sure. involved in, yep. in childcare. And I think, and Westminster's not set up for women, is it, all the unsociable hours and things? And I mean, my, my husband's incredibly supportive. He's certainly changed, uh, changed the nappies and I would go away sometimes overnight on conferences, et cetera, and he, he looked after the boys and, and still does. Um, and certainly yeah, at, at home, it's it's far more balanced. So he very much does the cooking. He enjoys it, I, and he's good at it. I don't, and I'm not. So it's oh, like you, a, you a natural cook. Oh. Of a cook. Yes. My husband the doesn't cook, and sometimes I just go, you know what? I just want someone to cook yeah, my dinner it. for me. Oh well, wow. yeah, and okay. And it's it's really good. But but you're right. I mean, some of the um, the the preparations but, around the children, it it it, it does fall. Because there's a man ever sitting around and go, yeah, I'm really lucky. My wife looks after the children when I go on mm. conferences. It just doesn't happen. And and I wonder if if there's any way that eventually the work, the expectation, the way it's structured can change to encourage mm. more women and uh, into the workplace and into government. But so the, the answer, you're not, you're not going to give me a straight answer. 
at this stage, you're not going to try for central government. You're going to be very happy at Essex County I'm, Council. I'm very happy at Essex <laughs> County Council. Yes. One day, one day, I'm going to be interviewing on this radio station and she's just going to be um, elected into parliament. And we're going to be very happy, but, but not yet. Look after your kids. They're only still very, very young. Um, so I don't know if you listen to the rest of the show. You're probably in the car on the way here, but I had three fantastic uh, fantastic women in talking about more on business. But from a from a political um point of view, what would be the piece, one piece of advice you'd really love to, love to give to a young girl who kind of, you know, maybe have ideas about getting into politics? Do it. Do it. Do okay. it. Don't, don't ponder on it for too long. Just, just do it. Um, because it will fall into place. It's, people will say, but what are the hours and how does it work? And, and it's, it's not set. There are no set hours. But again, it's about being very clear what you can do, what you can't do. There are times when, you know, obviously other priorities will come first and, and that's absolutely the right thing to do. But I, I think look look for reasons to do it rather than those that, that will tell you that I've you can't. All the I've been reading out. We need more women, we need more uh, balance, more gender balance. It'd be do. fantastic. And, and who's your inspiration? My inspiration. Oh, oh would you, gosh. Oh, sorry. Big I didn't. Question. I didn't. Know. No, here's the question. Sprung this one on her. But who? Who would you say? Some is it people that have been inspirational to you in your life. Um, I. I think probably from a variety of different people. I was. I mean, certainly growing up, my uh, my mum always told me I could do and be whatever I wanted to to do mm. and be. I, I had to work hard. No one was going to give it to me. I had to work hard and go for it. Um, and that's that's always stuck with me. Um, I had, I, I think, many, many of us, some very inspirational teachers, mm -hmm. one in particular um, who was, was very supportive in terms of, of, of me as a, as a person grow, when I was growing up, nothing to do with, with politics at all, but just, um, just you know, the, the difficulties that you go through when you're, when you're 15, 16, when you're growing up and you know, finding yourself and understanding the world and everything else that goes with that. Yeah, any teenage girls, it's gonna be okay, just get through it. Your yeah. 20s are amazing. I'm really enjoying my 40s, actually. 20s, I was crazy, could do anything. Mm. 30s, I had stuff going on, it was tough. But 40s, I'm happy in my own skin. I'm happy who I yeah. am. And I think teenage youngsters need to know that, don't they? That they it's going to be okay. Yeah. Don't go on Instagram too much. Don't look at people that have got filters. We never had that, did we? We never had that. <laughs> and how lucky we were. That, you know, oh, that, that but yeah. Life through a lens. But, um, um, because that's not real life, is it? No. What you see on Instagram and Facebook. and So you had really unflattering pictures of you posted or, or printed or, or put out there. Or do people tend to, because your local council tend to be quite fair of pictures, you haven't had awful pictures of you printed out, have you? Um, no, no, nothing, nothing really bad. I mean, there's been a... I don't mean, I don't mean like <laughs> dodging awful, I just mean unflattering. No, no, definitely not just that. A, just a, just, that would never happen. If you, if you met Louise, that, you know, that would never happen. But unflattering probably was a better word. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there have been a couple yeah. out there, you know, when you've got your, your mouth open at the wrong time or you're turning the wrong way, etc. Um, but, you know, that's, that's fine. That's, say, that just um, is what it is. Yeah, they say a picture tells a thousand words. And I actually, after photographing 500 weddings and photographing lots of people, a picture tells a thousand lies, doesn't it? You know, it can look, and you must, you must have been caught out on this a few times, where it looks like something's happened and the caption said something happened and it could be completely opposite. So, yeah. so don't, don't believe all the pictures you see, because yeah. they're not always like that. Um, so can women truly have it all? Um, I think it's about making decisions. Mm. So what? what is it when we say have it all? What what is all? Mm. So you know, I I wouldn't consider I had it all if if I was all about work and no family mm. and the other way around as as well. For for me, it's it's all about a balance, and I, I know I kind of re repeat that a lot. Life's about a balance, but it really is. It's about knowing what what's important to you, 
and um, and the different stages of your life, different stages of the week, the day when that part of your life is is what you know what you're focused on. I don't think women can have it all because actually we're told we have to be the best mummy ever and you see these, these mums who are committed to their kids and good on you, that's a fantastic thing to do and you see amazing businesswomen but we actually can't be both of those. You have to be a pretty good mum and a pretty good businesswoman and as you say, and find that balance but I think this lie that we've got to be the best mummy in the whole world and the top of our game in business or or you know rising up through the political ranks. I think it's, it's just too difficult, isn't it, to do that. But the having it all is saying, well, actually, I can be good at business, I can be a great mum, yeah. I can have a political career and, and you're right, it's all about balance, isn't it? And I think it's also about the balance for you as a person. So, you know, even if you are solely focused on your career, does that mean that you're going to get better results than someone that's a bit bit more balanced and mm. maybe has, you know, other inputs in life that therefore would impact and influence them in terms of how they are at work as well? So th this idea that you know you have to be a hundred percent committed to one or the other um, in order to do a good job, I just don't think it's right. Yeah, and I think it was that pressure, that hustle, isn't it? You know, I think especially I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of them are men, things like that. Hustle, hustle, side hustle. Gary Vaynerchuk, if anyone's listened to it. But actually, you know, you're an extremely driven woman. The fact you had two kids, where your leader of the council, one was premature, is amazing. But actually, that's not a standard to judge people by. That's who you are, and you were amazing, and that's brilliant. But someone who stays at home with their kids and is a child minor and or whatever they do. That's amazing too, because we need all those people. So I think yeah, the having it all, I think we're almost this lie of being amazing and perfect. But actually, if you're happy, you've probably got it all, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and again, you know, if, if you can can get that balance between all the different areas of your life, then that's probably going to make you a far happier and more rounded person. I, I wouldn't be happy you know, never seeing my children. Um, and never taking them to school, never picking them up, and struggling to be at you know all the, the different events and parties and things. That's not to say that that's the wrong decision for somebody else, but but for me it wouldn't be the right one. So it is about okay. how you can you know factor in and and include all those different parts of your life that end up you know making you making you the person you are, and and that's partly what then you know leads you to. To, to strive and, and drive forward for what it is that we want to achieve. And don't forget to cuddle your boys. My kids are 16, I've got twins, they're six foot four. And sometimes I squeeze them, I say, I wish I could shrink you back just yeah. for a few hours to that chubby cheeked little two year old and I can give you a big squeeze. So yeah, I think no some, shortage of no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I just uh, my, my gorgeous babies. They are such lovely sixteen-year-olds. But I do wish sometimes I could just squeeze them as those chubby little gorgeous two-year-olds. So, so what's what's next? Are you are you just concentrating on Essex Council? You, you don't stand down until May, do you? So I stand down as um, leader in May. That's right, end of May. Um, I am remaining as the borough councillor in Brentwood, and uh, yes, focusing my time then then on the the county council. Excellent. And spending time with your children? Some time with the children, <laughs> yes. Yes. So it won't be long after that. That'll obviously be the summer holidays. So, yeah, so nice. do you break for the summer holidays? Technically, there's a, a recess in inverted commas, but that all that really means is that there's no official council meetings. There's still the work the still goes on, yeah. I think um, Kat Tierney, who is councillor for Herringate, when she said, I think she only got voted in a couple of years ago, she mm. said the next day her inbox was just full of people saying, can you help with this, can you help with that, there's yes. potholes and things. And so yeah. I guess people people don't know that it's recess, do they? They just No, and, and you know, pe people's problems don't stop because it's the summer. Um, in many ways, when the children are off, they can be you know more acute, particularly if it's around housing and some of those more... Um, you know, personal concerns. So, from the the casework point of view, that that obviously carries on all year round. Um, in terms of some of the the internal meetings, they will carry on over the summer as well. 
Um, but it's just the actual, say, the actual council meetings themselves, which um, w- which we break for, so for, for you, August. What are you doing at Essex County Council? What changes are you making? Is it just, is it just you running the finances? Do you have to keep a tight tight look on how all that is? So it's the finances. And then last summer, I took on the um, the commercial and traded services. I did that to my, my brief as well. So we've set up a commercial fund. Mm-hmm. Um, which um, basically involves us looking at property and, and opportunities around some of the assets. So whether that's us buying um, new assets where we already have sitting tenants and then we obviously take the income from them, um, that, that gives the county council about a million pounds a year in terms of profit. But then also looking at the assets that, that we own ourselves and saying are there opportunities there to either sell them if the surplus to requirement and reinvest that, that money mm-hmm. elsewhere or you know, develop out the ones that, that that we own already. Exciting times, though. You yeah, know, you're really doing big, you're really making a difference and, and dealing with big amounts of money. Keep up the good work. I do think you're an amazing woman, an inspiration. I say Thank you. so polite and well behaved, and doesn't doesn't say silly things <laughs> like some of us. I love it. Just like a queen amongst with the leader of the council. I've seen her in action a few times. Wonderful lady. Thank you so so much for coming in. Uh, keep up the good work and um, and give those boys a little squeeze. Thank you, Carmel. Excellent. Really Thanks enjoyed so much speaking to you. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you. What a show. It was so much fun. I was pushed a bit outside my comfort zone having three women in on a panel. There was so much more technical and and trying to run it all. But I think, are you sure you agree? It went brilliantly. Thank you so much to my guests, Kat, Kat, Tabitha and Louise. It was wonderful to have you all in. I hope you all really enjoyed listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform because it really, really does help people find us and to share the news. Remember, you can communicate with us on Instagram and Facebook under Carmel Jane Talks Business or Twitter and LinkedIn at Carmel Jane. Join us again next week where we will be sharing incredible advice and top tips on how to get better at selling. No one really likes selling, but we're in business and we really, really have to get better at it and learn the top tips from sales guru Rupert Miles. Not only that, I have a very exciting competition coming up in the next few weeks for two of my business listeners. Keep an ear out because this is a really valuable prize that we've got. Keep on listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm Carmel Jane and remember, dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference.